Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the communications manager with the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Sarah Gluck, the COO of the American Israel Cannabis Association, whose mission is to foster collaboration between North American and Israeli cannabis companies and individuals. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Oh, thank you so, so much for having me. Glad to have you as well. Looking forward to learning more about what the AICA is up to. But first, uh, let's get to know you a little bit better. If you could tell us more about your background and what kind of experiences you've had prior to getting involved in the cannabis industry. Right. That's, that's always the million-dollar question. How does a nice Jewish girl from Long Island end up in the cannabis industry. You know, <laughs> cannabis was not in my background at all. Uh, I don't know how uh, much to divulge, but I had three weed brownies during Pride Prom weekend, and um, that was one of the worst experiences of my life. And in high school less, prom? Yeah, high school prom. Okay, all right. <laughs> I had three weed brownies in one sitting, never had a weed brownie before. And I essentially told all my friends that I loved them and that I was going to die. Um, so not exactly the best experience. And it really you know, turned me off from cannabis for a, a long time. Um, you know, So never had dreams of growing my own weed or going into this industry. Um, after undergrad, I went to the University of Texas for undergrad, and I worked in the healthcare space. I am the daughter of a doctor, um, so healthcare is you know, kind of uh, in my blood. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a company that was providing ultrasound services for primary care doctors. Um, I was their CMO, and I also joke that I was their only marketing officer, but I learned so much about the healthcare system especially about preventative medicine. You know, essentially the government and insurance companies could spend a lot less money in the long run with preventative medicine, such as ultrasounds and CAT scans. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did um, for a a year or so until I started my own company in the same space. I ran that for a few years, grew the business, had employees, uh, but ultimately left it to my business partner. Um, education is is very important to me and to my family. So I went back to school uh, to get my MBA at the University of Virginia Darden Graduate nice. School. Had two beautiful years in Charlottesville, um, and I really wanted to uh, get this education to fill in those knowledge gaps on how to run businesses effectively and efficiently. Um, one of the things that I learned was uh, that I don't necessarily want to work for a large corporation 
do the typical MBA thing and follow down the path of others before me. Um, and, and uh, excuse me, um, uh, and I, you know, I realized that uh, one of the things that I needed to do is I needed to uh, be in an industry that moved very quickly, um, mm-hmm. somewhere where I could flex my so-called entrepreneurial muscles. Um, so I looked into tech, technology, um, and as we know, Denver is an amazing hub of technology. Uh, the cost of living is much better than San Francisco and New York City. Um, and there's a lot of colleges here um, to provide that education. Uh, so th- I visited Denver uh, to look at a few companies. And this is 2017. So cannabis is legal in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of had one of those like when in Rome moments Uh, But not because I I wanted to necessarily get high. Um, It's because I really wanted to learn more about the medical benefits of this plant. Um, Personally, I have psoriatic arthritis, and I know that a number of people in this industry have um, a a personal medical use that drives them into this industry, and and I am one of those. Um, I was on uh, immunosuppressants for a number of years. and I, I was growing tired of injecting myself, being in pain from that, getting sick from some of these medications, um, not to mention the $2,500 a month insurance bill twice Yikes. a month for the rest of my life. Yeesh. And then potentially have more complications down the line. Um, so I went to the bud tender. I'm like, hey, bud tender. Uh, I'm in pain and I would love to not be in pain. Mm-hmm. And he gave me uh, um, a snickerdoodle cookie and, <laughs> and um, a solve to, you know, put on my inflammation spots. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm not in pain anymore. Nice. And I went back to school and had this uh, moment where I was like, oh, no, I think I want to join this terrible industry, right? <laughs> like, I think I want to join cannabis and like had this like coming out to my parents and, and to the faculty at school about like how I was joining this uh, federally illegal industry. Um, my school was very supportive, as were my parents. Um, you know, they, they knew that um, this plant helped me with my arthritis and they, um, knew that I could be a a good voice for that passion and, and, you know, maybe bring, um, some value. Uh, So I moved to Denver without a job with a, a a fancy, a fancy MBA. Um, I drove for Uber, uh, had business cards printed up telling everyone that I wanted to join this industry. Um, And one way or another, I found uh, some part-time work in hemp. Um, So assisted uh, this this, uh, lady uh, with uh, a hemp conference that she's launching this May. Um, And that was kind of the catalyst to uh, open a few more doors, um, which led me to ICA, which is the America Israel Cannabis Association. And here you are. Here we are. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you have a firsthand experience of cannabis having a pretty much immediate effect on helping with a pain issue 
both through ingesting it or consuming it, as well as using topicals. That's great to hear. It's always good when we can avoid very expensive medical bill, bills through through a plant that has these great qualities, uh, which is which is why we're all here, um, cr- creating education and opportunities and um, pushing federal policy along. Yeah. So. And, and like I mentioned, like I am the daughter of a doctor, so I do have a pharmacy in my medical cabinet. Like I'm not anti-Western medicine at all, and I don't think anyone should be. Sure. Um, but this plant certainly helped me as much as these costly pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and for those who have opioid um, addictions or, or maybe just taking too many opioids, uh, cannabis has been found to help reduce the amount of opioids or, or help people get off of them. So totally get that. That's great. And so now in present day, you're the COO at ACA. So what's your role there and what's, what's the work you're up to these days? What's your day-to-day like? Oh, wow. Uh, so, you know, AICA, as, as we call it, is, is very much a startup. Um, and I s- started uh, my role at this company in September. Um, and since then, it's just been a whirlwind of education um, and, um, and uh, you know, launching this, this organization. Uh, yeah. So I spend a lot of time speaking with people from all over the world, particularly North America and Israel, uh, talking about their needs and how ICA could assist them. Um, you know, so one of the things that we try to do is we try to connect uh, startups with investors, researchers, uh, doctors, lawyers, whoever we can connect, that's what we try to do, all under the veil of facilitating collaboration Mm -hmm. between the world, particularly North America and Israel, uh, to move the needle for the cannabis industry. Um, You know, so I spend a lot of time doing that. We also spend a lot of time planning events. Uh, So we had our launch event in Denver a few months ago. We had over 80 cannabis professionals, um, you know, join us to learn more about ICA, to learn more about what's going on in Israel. You know, a lot of people consider themselves educated. I thought I was very educated about the cannabis industry. And I am learning so many things every day. Like I had no idea that Israel was the birthplace of cannabis research. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's so much to learn constantly, even for those of us that have been, uh, you know, working or activists for, you know, 10 plus years too. There's, there's always more. And that's what keeps the industry exciting, I guess. <laughs> All right. We right. need to I'm- take a quick commercial break here right. real quick, but we will be right back to chat more with Sarah Gluck from ICA. So please stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, February 12th and 13th in Boston. Register now at SeedToSaleShow.com or dial 888-409-4418. 
Use code CANNABISRADIO15, spelled as one word with capital letters, for 15% off of registration. NCIA Seed to Sell show will host over 3,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations in technology and cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the NCIA Industry Excellence Awards. Plan your experience now for the 2019 NCIA Seed to Sales show in Boston, February 12th and 13th. Go now to SeedToSellShow.com or call 1-888-409-4418. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. The 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo returns back to downtown Miami August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency. Learn more on sponsorship and expo floor opportunities at usccexpo.com. Don't miss out on another jam-packed weekend of education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, a bustling expo hall, plus our can't-miss networking mega yacht event. Join us in Miami August 2nd and 3rd for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Don't miss the boat. Log on to usccexpo.com and learn more today. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're learning more about the American Israeli Cannabis Association from the COO, Sarah Gluck. So um, thanks for catching us up on, on the history and, and what Ike is up to these days. And you're representing the emerging cannabis industry in the country of Israel and all the way across the world. And you kind of hinted at this, that there's, there's more to know about Israel's involvement in the history of cannabis. Uh, what do you think most people don't know about cannabis and the connection to Israel. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know that THC was discovered in the 1960s in Israel. Um, Dr. Meshulam, uh, who's considered the, the father of cannabis, um, you know, was a young PhD student and started to look at this plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's into his 80s right now and still does research. And still kicking he, it. <laughs> right? He's still going for it. Um, and he even joined as chairman as, um, you know, at a company called Cannabit Limited in Israel. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because most people don't associate the Middle East with cannabis. Um, but Israel has been researching this since the 1960s through Dr. Meshulam and has really ramped up their research in the early 2000s. I mean, this is during a time when uh, those that were serving the IDF turned to THC to combat some of those uh, terrible symptoms of PTSD, the anxiety, the night terrors. Um, and they discovered that it worked. And, you know, 
uh, the Israeli army and uh, Israeli politics are, are very intertwined. So the government started uh, encouraging cannabis research and dedicates a number uh, of funds each year for cannabis research. Mm. Last time I checked, there are around 70 clinical trials going on right now concerning cannabis. That's great. I, I don't know how many I can name in the United States, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, less than not 70. Many. Right. Um, right. And, you know, they are researching uh, things from rare diseases uh, to things that affect millions of people. Um, and one of those studies that I, I love mentioning that um, is going on right now that affects over 100 million people worldwide is endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Holla for endometriosis, right? Sure, yep. Um, I, I know women suffering from it, absolutely. Yep. Uh, you know, it's been reported that 176 million worldwide suffer from this. They Scientists don't know what causes this, and there's no way to prevent it. Um, so that the quick spiel about endometriosis is, is this is when the cells um, of the lining of the endometrium should be escaping and breaking down and bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. Having your period. Uh, but endometriosis is when they are stuck and they can't get out. And this causes a number of things. It causes digestive issues, bleeding, spotting, um, infertility, and pain. Lots of discomfort. So much discomfort. Um, and there's been a few studies that have shown a positive effect. Um, but the people in the Lumiere lab, which is one of the new labs that is set up in Israel, uh, they started with around $2.3 million in funding. They are looking at which active cannabinoids could affect endometriosis the most. Right? Mm-hmm. We know that there are more cannabinoids being discovered every day. Yeah. Um, you know, THC and CBD being the biggest cannabinoids. Um, So they're looking at which cannabinoids are most effective. Um, I know there's a company here in Denver, uh, Foria, that has a a vaginal suppository that is a 60 to 10 THC CBD ratio um, that is doing some research on this as well. I've got one on my desk right now. (laughs) (laughs) Not even joking. (laughs) It was a gift. Well, it is, uh, it is a gift that we'll keep on giving. <laughs> um, Ladies' humor. <laughs> yes. Cool. Sorry. So endometriosis <laughs> is, yes, one of those mystery ailments, I guess. Um, and, and I'm really glad to hear that they're doing some research on cannabinoids toward endometriosis. Yeah. If, if I have time to mention another um, study, more about the lines of opioids, I, I'd love to do that. Uh, do we have time for that? Yeah, let's go in. Okay. Uh, another study that has concluded um, is about the effic- efficacy of cannabis in the elderly. Mm-hmm. So Tikkun Olam, uh, the largest grower in Israel, partnered with a few universities um, and studied or almost 3,000 patients mm. with a median age of around 75. Um, and this is important for a few reasons. So 66% of those patients um, turned to cannabis because they were in pain Mm -hmm. and 60% because they were in cancer. 
Mm. I think it's important to know that because as we have an aging population, especially in the States, boomers are getting older. They will turn more and more to cannabis for these two reasons. The truth is people don't want to be in pain and they want to live disease free. Um, Of these 3,000 patients, 93% reported an improvement in their condition. Wow. And almost 20%, check this, almost 20% of patients reduced their opioids or stopped using them altogether in six months. Snap, snap. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, that, I, and I think I hinted at this earlier. NCIA published a white paper a couple of years ago, actually, about cannabis being a solution for the opioid crisis. Now, I'm in complete agreement with you that um, Western medicine has its place. So sometimes people do need painkillers, um, but if you're taking too many, um, or worst case, you have developed an addiction. Um, I, I, I think it's awesome to know that cannabis has been shown to reduce the need for them. And if anybody wants to read that paper, you can go to thecannabisindustry.org slash cannabis and opioids. Uh, and you can download that and read more about some of that research. Um, so I to change subjects a little bit and get back to what's going on in Israel specifically, um, in addition to the studies that are going on, I got to speak with some people involved in Canatech conference, Saul Kai, uh, last year, right here on the podcast. And I would love to go to Israel one day. And I'm a little bit jealous that our executive director, Aaron Smith, will be going this year to speak at the conference. And I believe you mentioned when I ran into you at the Seed to Sale show that you get to go to Israel for the first time this year. What are your plans? Yeah, so we are so excited to be able to go to Canatech this year. Uh, As you mentioned, Saul is running Canatech. Canatech is April 1st through the 2nd, and we are having a three-day private tour of Israel. Um, I like to call this the the cannabis birthright. Um, I've never been to Israel, so this is my own uh, way of of getting to Israel and and learning about Israel and all its culture. Uh, So we have three days, uh, private tour guide, uh, meals included, swag, of course. Um, And we visit uh, a number of R&D facilities like Cannabay. Cannabay is an R&D company that Um, is doing a lot of clinical and preclinical research on CBD. Uh, We're also visiting BOL, um, you know, which is a a large um, medical cannabis GMP producer, production facility. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also uh, go to the Sea of Galilee. We go to the Dead Sea. We go to Jerusalem. Uh, we really try to mix in the sights, the sounds, the history, and the cannabis of Israel. Um, it's going wow. to be a really, really unique trip. Um, and, you know, we're really excited to uh, sponsor it. Wow. I am excited for you. And uh, hopefully you have a wonderful time and get to take some photos or or do some live streaming on Facebook of, of what's going on there. So um, you'll have to tell me about how the trip went when you got back. 
Oh, you should join us. I would love to. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, All right. Um, easy. We're going to take one more commercial break and then we'll be right back to finish up our chat with Sarah Gluck of the American Israeli Cannabis Association. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you like yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're wrapping up our discussion with Sarah Gluck from the America Israel Cannabis Association, also known as ICA. And ICA is a member of one of NCIA's new programs called the Allied Association Program, which is meant to foster relationships with state level and industry issue specific organizations, both well-established and startup. And my coworker, Rachel Kurtz, is heading that up here at NCIA. So we're excited to have you as part of the Allied Association program. You definitely bring um, a unique perspective, and we're excited to have you. I think it's an important program, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, NCIA is, is very much about providing education and opportunities, as are we. So we think it's, it's a very uh, fitting marriage, so to speak. Um, and it allows, you know, us, uh, who is a startup with limited funds to, um, you know, take advantage of these educational opportunities to go to one of the many conferences that NCIA hosts. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we, we met at Seed to Sale. Um, you know, so 
if it weren't for being a part of AAP, uh, we may not necessarily have been able to go to see to sale, uh, to be able to go to all the caucuses, the social events. Um, you know, it's, it's such a great way for um, NCIA to, to give back um, to those that are also trying to inspire um, and move the needle forward for cannabis through education. Totally agree. And there are, you know, the state-specific associations, which you naturally would think would be a part of AAP, like like um, the California associations and so on. But also, um, as in the case of your organization, there's a different mission. Um, one of our other AAP members is the Asian Americans for Cannabis Education group with Ophelia Chong. I think that's fantastic. It's important to do the state level stuff. It's also important to connect internationally and with specific groups of people and to exchange this information, create this community in a wide cast net. So I'm super excited that you're a part of the AAP. And if there's any other organizations out there that are an association and you want to learn more about the Allied Association program here at NCIA, I definitely encourage you to head to our website and uh, find some information there. So you also mentioned our education opportunities. Um, of course, there's our conferences. We have three per year right now and probably more in the future. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> Our major conference is in the summer. It's the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. Um, it will be in Long Beach this summer. Um, we also have the Seed to Sale Show, which you mentioned. Uh, we were in Denver the first two years, but then moved to Boston. So we'll be back, uh, I believe, in Boston again next year. Um, and then in the fall, we have a California Cannabis Business Conference as well to um, learn and grow and help the folks in California navigate uh, the massive regulations going on out there. Um, you also mentioned our cannabis caucuses and industry socials, and I'm glad you did. Um, our cannabis caucuses are happening throughout March, and our industry socials are happening throughout April, and then we continue again throughout the rest of the year. And these are nice because they're not big two, three-day conferences. They are evening networking receptions. So, you know, 6, six to 9 p.m. Um, and they're smaller because they're regional. So you can expect between, you know, 50 and 100 something people as opposed to several thousand. So it's a little bit more intimate and you can really have some real conversations, uh, relax a little bit. And the industry socials are really cool because we have games. We have giant Jenga, we have <laughs> retro arcade games. So we, we try to balance the advocacy and the serious education and the B2B networking with fun, with community, with creating a space for us to enjoy being a part of this industry, however stressful it may be. <laughs> are, are you experiencing uh, some of the, the, the wave of uh, stress levels that I think a lot of people in the industry experience? Oh, absolutely. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, we have to have a little fun, um, you know, with building this industry. Um, 
And I, I think, you know, NCIA provides not only a great um, education, but a great outlet to have a little fun and socialize and, and meet up with a lot of the people that you spend time speaking with on the phone or emailing with and, and, and getting that camaraderie through there. So true. So true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, I'll be headed to San Francisco and Michigan, and that's just for the month of March, personally. Um, we'll see We'll see where I get sent in April. So I hope to see a lot of folks at our cannabis caucuses and our industry socials between now and the end of April. And the most important thing I want to mention before we wrap up the show today is our ninth annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days is coming up in May. It is May 21st through 23rd. This is so different from all the other events we do. Uh, if you've never been to a lobby days in another industry before, you got to do it with the cannabis industry because, as we're saying, we have the most fun. But really, we get to hundreds of us meet with all these offices on Capitol Hill, meet with congressional staffers, and we get to look them in the eye and tell them our stories and tell them how we're affected by the banking crisis and by the unfair tax burdens of Section 280E and everything else in between. And then we get to see the results over the following weeks and months as we change the hearts and minds of those who are serving in the halls of Congress and ultimately have the power to co-sponsor or introduce legislation that helps us out. So um, I hope listeners who are members of NCIA will join us this year. If you're not a member of NCIA, now's a great time to join NCIA so you can join us at Lobby Days. And Sarah, I don't know if you have any plans to travel to DC this May, but I hope you can join us and join us on Capitol Hill for the most exciting two and a half days uh, of the cannabis industry. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would love to. It's, it's very important that, um, you know, we recognize that this is still a federally illegal industry and there's so many uh, hardships that come with that. Um, you know, we have the word cannabis in our URL and merchant processors are terrified of us oh yeah they don't like it Mm -mm. (laughs) no no not at all Uh, but yeah definitely hope to be there Um, you know thank you again for having us as part of the AAP program absolutely Um, again if anyone wants more information about the allied association program or our conferences or our regional networking events the cannabis caucuses and the industry socials as well as lobby days hint, hint, please head to our (laughs) website to learn more. Um, And you can go right to the Lobby Days page at thecannabisindustry.org slash Lobby Days 2019. Um, So I think that wraps it for this episode. And for those that would like more information about the America Israel Cannabis Association, uh, their website is aicannabis.com. And is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up today, Sarah? I mean, that's us. Uh, you know, check us out, AICannabis.com. Um, if you're going to Canatech in Israel, please find us. We're having an incredible tour. Like I mentioned, the three-day private tour of Israel. And we'll also be hosting the happy hour. Ooh, happy hours. We love that. What's cons- what are the consumption laws in Israel? Do, do you know? 
That is a great question. That's uh, what we all medical- ask ourselves anytime we go anywhere. <laughs> like, how do I pu- procure cannabis in Israel? No, uh, I mean, you know, Israel has had a medical program since the 90s. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that. So medically, it's been legal for a while. Um, and I think the the population is similar to the United States in that over around 70% of the population wants legalized adult use, recreational, federal, legal cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's it's more or less decriminalized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're still, um, but they still have a way to go, as do we. As do we all. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that begs the question of another discussion. We'll have to have another day about the global cannabis industry, the emerging global cannabis industry, and where the United States falls there as we slowly, slowly but surely work toward federal legalization. Uh, well, I think that's it for today, Sarah. I'm so grateful to have had you on the show today. It was great to meet you in Boston at Seed to Sale. And I look forward to seeing you at future NCIA events and can't wait to hear about your trip to Israel as well. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I think we've had way too much fun. Way too much fun. Okay, well, that's what we try to do here. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're going to have more fun again on another episode. So until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.